0: Now in studio, I forgot to turn my own mic on. It's been Police Chief Mike Krantz, who's uh, sitting across from me this morning. Mike, how are you, sir?
1: Good. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time to come in. Uh, Lots of things to discuss. Let's start with last Saturday. You had, uh, basically it was a a first responder job fair. How did that go?
1: Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, That was our first first responder job fair and the ability for us to come out on a great weekend and be in a, a central area in the city to try and share what we have available for jobs, try and bring in community members who may be interested, not only not only for the Bend Police Department, but we had all the local first responder agencies from around the area that uh, we could have come in, uh, including uh, a life flight, and the helicopter landed and, and was present, uh, pretty cool. Brought a lot of people in, I think just to see the helicopter as well. Uh, but we had a really good showing from community, uh, people looking for different opportunities really trying to learn what what it is we do what is the job about as well so uh, we hope that is a tradition that we can continue with and uh, we hope to get some good candidates we got quite a few uh, job leads out of it from people looking for potential uh, jobs and change of career so we're really excited it was a great event we had all of our partners there and uh, it was it was nice to have them there as well
0: for sworn positions officers on the street don't you usually try to hire lateral moves because how long does it take to get somebody from the ground up
1: Yeah, we we do a mix of both. Uh, We do have a a high number of our officers. A percentage are lateral transfers from not only within Oregon, but all around the country. Uh, We also uh, bring in basic entry-level recruit officers. The challenge with recruit officers right now is it's about a seven month waiting period before we can get a new entry-level officer into the police academy, which is one of the requirements that they can uh, complete the 16-week police academy before they're able to finish their probationary period and be on their own. So that uh, has added a lot of time to when we bring an officer in the door who's a recruit, now we have six or seven months where we have to find other work for them and get them some of the internal training that we may provide that previously they used to just go right to the academy within a month or so. So it adds another you know six months to their timeline before they're able to be on the street providing services to the community.
0: Yeah, one more obstacle, housing costs, jobs, et cetera, right. child care. I know that, that has affected uh, hiring in the past. But will you th- after this one, do you think you're going to do another one?
1: I, I think we do. Uh, I th- I'm excited about the opportunity to do another one. And depending on the workload, uh, maybe in the spring, depending upon how many jobs uh, we're looking for, uh, we we think it's definitely an annual event. Um, it's something that uh, we really not only use for the opportunity to have people come down and check it out, but it's a great engagement tool. There was a ton of kids that came down. About 100 kids ran through the physical abilities test that that officers new officers have to complete. So uh, it was just a great tool to to be out there and and build relationships as well.
0: Yeah, I, I when uh, we were talking about it and promoting it, uh, you are going to
1: do the, the physical <laughs> test there, and it's like, I pass. (laughs) It was, uh, I'm sure, challenging for some folks and some kids. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a little
0: tough for me. Um, Also, something that uh, you've been working on for quite some time and seems to be up and running now, the Police Advisory Council. Tell me about that. What is it? And and tell me about your process.
1: Yeah, the Police Chiefs Advisory Council has been about an 18-month project. It's taken some time to, to really kind of get off the ground for a number of reasons, but COVID was a big factor in that. Uh, it's, it's important to meet in person for these councils. where you are really trying to build that connection. Uh, but we're, uh, we had about 70 applications during the process of opening. It's an annual application process. We selected 20 members, a uh, very diverse group of individuals from across the community with a wide range of different perspectives and uh, life experiences and insights. And that's really what I was looking for was I, I use this kind of, I have a 30-year police lens is how I look at life. Um, so it's important for me to have people with different perspectives and lenses of how they look at life to give me good input from a community perspective when we're talking about things. So we had our first meeting September 15th. It was uh, great to meet all the, the 20 new, uh, council members. We'll have a next meeting. Uh, it's monthly. So we'll next meet is our, our October 20th and looking forward to, uh, just really getting down to some, some information and, and hearing different perspectives.
0: What sort of ag- agenda items do you go over?
1: Well, we're going to go over, uh, st- we're going to start with uh, kind of light. We're going to start with our biannual survey and go through with the researchers uh, that we utilize for the survey and go through some of the questions and why we ask what we do and then get some input on what. What does that community perspective think about some of the questions? Should we be looking at other things in the future? Uh, We're gonna talk about use of force and the laws and policies that govern force, how we report it, how we have to uh, report to the state and to the FBI on force uses uh, and some of the requirements and guidelines around how is force really used and then get that perspective back of uh, what are the concerns, are are there concerns, Uh, go over the annual reports that we provide. There was, uh, there was a lot of interest around uh, police response to homelessness and the community providing some input on that. There was a lot of interest around policies, how are policies made. Um, so I think uh, we'll also talk about budget and where should we look in the future as, as the police chief. What does a community think about where our resources should be going and, and, and staffing? So I, the opportunity is wide to really get a, a big perspective change from just what I see and, uh, and and have some community input on what the community sees.
0: So one chief making the decisions, but you get a lot of input from a lot of different backgrounds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I get input from things all day, <laughs> a lot of emails, a lot of different people provide me a lot of different direction and their ideas. So I take all of that in on decision-making process. Um, it's, it's not a very, um, I, I don't make decisions just on, spur of the moment, exactly what I think right then from just my lens. So I like to have all the input and different ideas and perspectives.
0: About 20 minutes ago, we were talking to Adam Levin, who's a cybersecurity expert, uh, nationally known. And this is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, Uh, basically try to be safe. One of the things uh, that kids and their websites and their – what advice do you have to help parents?
1: It is – I'm a parent. It is scary. Um, It's It's children have a giant computer in their hand a lot of times with a lot of different apps that can do a lot of different things and some of those things are connect to people that have malintent um, and really are trying to manipulate children to do things or send things or connect um, that maybe the kids don't really understand is is going on. Um, I think a, a great Difficult, but great thing to do is figure out uh, how to use the apps that monitor the activity, have have um, protective apps on the phone, have timelines and and really feels like watching closely. But you really have to watch closely what they're doing online and always verify what they're doing, know who they're talking to. We uh, just completed. I, there was some press releases that we completed um, last month out on an online um basically sexting, where people were looking for connecting with juveniles and youth for sex. And um, the potential there is that there are always people out there looking for for children who are willing and able to connect and then be manipulated. So it's such a dangerous uh, thing that's going on. And the more you can watch, be aware, know who they're talking to, and monitor is always the safest.
0: You have specially trained officers who pose as
1: underage potential victims is that right we do yeah they they uh, pose their profiles and it make it very clear they're underage they tell the uh, people who are trying to engage with them they're underage and as you saw we had high numbers of people who are still willing to and trying to connect for sex
0: all right. So it is something local, something to be aware of. Speaking of uh, of local, there obviously one of the biggest stories of the weekend here is this death uh, on Los Serrano's Drive. That's in the county, so Ben Police isn't directly involved. How how does that work?
1: Yeah, it is in the county, but the Tri County area here, um, we have a. Um, uh, um multi-agency task force, where when there's a major incident, so the major incident team will respond that brings detectives or resources from all the different agencies that can provide resources. So we have detectives assigned to that team. So when there's an incident not inside of Bend and one of the other counties or cities where they need that resource, they'll activate the major incident team. And that will bring a a whole nother level of resources out to that agency, including detectives, forensic evidence, um, drone operators, and all of them together complete the case. The primary uh, case officer typically is with the agency that it occurred in for the jurisdiction, but they have a lot of assistance.
0: And did that happen in this case then?
1: It did, yeah. Ben, uh, We responded to assist with some detectives and an evidence technician and a drone operator to assist with photography, and uh, the major crime team responded, and Deschutes County Sheriff's Office is the primary investigator. Okay. All right. Well, we're about out of time here this morning, but uh, as we look forward
0: to, uh, uh, well, fall coming eventually, what's on your calendar?
1: Well, I, uh, I'm going to try, try to take a little time off to <laughs> have some personal time, but I think uh, something we always want to talk about, too, is just remember about traffic safety. And as we get into the fall, we're going to start getting changes of weather, and the first snow is always a difficult one for everybody. So uh, be safe, and, and we'll try and get through the fall and winter safely.
0: Snow? So what is what is that exactly? No, we're hope, we're kind of both of us are sitting here chatting about it, and it's like, we're going to get dumped on all at once. I think so. <laughs> all right. Ben Police Chief Mike Krantz, our guest this morning here at FM News 100.1 at 1110 KBND. Mike, thank you very much. Thank you.